What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now we want to talk about the coming fight against Trump and Trumpism. And for that, we turn to Gary Young. He's an award-winning former columnist for The Guardian. Now he's a professor of sociology at the University of Manchester and a member of the nation's editorial board. His books include The Unforgettable, Another Day in the Death of America. We reached him today at home in London. Gary, welcome back. Thanks for having me, John. Well, I'd like to start with the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Just to review briefly, for months, Trump had been calling on his supporters to come to Washington for a rally and some kind of protest against Congress, which was scheduled that day to officially declare that Joe Biden won the election. This was the culmination of Trump's effort to remain in the White House around the big lie that he had really won the election. So on January 6th, he gave a speech to thousands of people, urged them to march on the Capitol. They did. Most of the mainstream media say that what happened was an attempted coup, an insurrection to stop the certification of Biden as president-elect and keep Trump as president. But here's my question. What was the plan? How was that supposed to work? Yeah. I mean, it's difficult to find a word for this thing, right? It was definitely an insurrection. You know, it was a violent uprising against a, a legitimate government. I think the people who actually were involved clearly had no plan. Their plan was to, to see what they could do. And there was an, a, a significant amount of entitlement in that. They didn't think maybe we'll get shot. I mean, one person did get shot, but they... They didn't think maybe we'll get arrested. I mean, you know, which is why they put their stuff on Facebook and then quickly erased it uh, when they realized that things hadn't gone their way. But they get in there and there is no plan. They don't try and get the police on their side, although by most accounts, first of all, some of them were policemen. And secondly, they might have had a receptive audience there. Um, they're not trying to get the army on their side. I mean, when I think of coups the world over, this strikes me as something more ridiculous and something that, I mean, obviously it's important. And even though they take them, don't take themselves seriously, we should. But that it was the spectacle that they were after. And, and one way to know this is that they do certify the results and yet... Those people who broke into the Capitol still claim that it was a victory, even yes. though the aim, the very aim of what they planned to do didn't happen. They still claim victory. Yeah, there was this uh, more scary moment where one of the slogans was hang Pence because Vice President Mike Pence, who presides over this ceremonial event, had rejected this nutty idea of Trump's that Pence could simply declare Trump 
the winner since he was the presiding officer over the Senate. And this led them to the, the, the insurrections to say, hang Pence. They put up a, a gallows outside the Capitol and they looked for Pence, but they couldn't find him. He was hiding. <laughs> so what do you make of this effort, this apparent effort to hang the vice president of the United States? Well, I mean, first of all, it's very retro, isn't it? I mean, we have <laughs> yes. to get rid of hanging. I mean, you know, I mean, America has an awful record of execution, but <laughs> hanging, I mean, and who knows, you know, one jest, but who knows what would have happened if they had got hold of Pence or Pelosi or any of those people. But first of all, you see the shrinking base emboldened. I mean, we should not write these people off at all but shrinking, that if Pence is too left-wing for you, <laughs> if Pence is too liberal, if and and if you want to hang Mike Pence, then you, you've really painted yourself into a bit of a corner there. Well, I want to go back to your point, a very interesting argument, that even though they didn't stop the Congress from certifying Biden as the winner, they left claiming that they'd been a success. And uh, let's just for a moment... Uh, consider the possibility that there was a reason they considered it a success, They that they were so delighted at what they had achieved, that they had accomplished something which they were proud of, which was, I guess, that they could storm the Capitol successfully. And, and that for them, this is not the end. This is, this is a step. Oh, yeah. No, I think that, um, I think that there was a rationale for them saying we have shown our strength we have proved our viability as a fighting force we have shown we have proved our mettle and it's what's true is that almost no other protest group could have done what they did yeah they would have been gunned down that would have, that would have been it and so they have achieved what nobody else no other protest group could have achieved uh they have instilled a sense of uh, uh, fear into American political culture. They quite small group of people driven to a large extent by some very weird conspiracy theories have established themselves as a force to be reckoned with. Now, you know, we can argue about how strong, how viable that force is, but when the nation's 50 capitals are on lockdown, when, Ameri when, when Washington, D.C., for an inauguration that relatively few people will go to because of COVID, um, is like a huge military encampment, then it wouldn't make sense to say that they've achieved nothing. They've achieved, mm. they achieved in that sense, more than any of the legal challenges or, or any of that. So... They demonstrated they could storm the Capitol successfully, and that marks the end of the Trump presidency. But it's certainly not the end of the Trump movement. 74 million people voted for Donald Trump. Trump got more votes than any candidate in American history, with one exception, Joe Biden. I think we need to talk about what's the relationship of that small number, a few thousand people who stormed the Capitol, and the millions of people who voted for Trump, is this the vanguard or is this just a crazy isolated fringe? I think they're definitely not isolated. And uh, 
we're going to have to redefine fringe, aren't we? Like, <laughs> it's not that this force is here to stay. It said it never went away, and now it feels emboldened, and that there will be large numbers of people who will disassociate, that, who can, in their mind, disassociate themselves from that particular manifestation of violence while embracing the broader, what I would call, violent assault on America. On the other hand, uh, to, today there's news that Mitch McConnell, you know, the Republican leader of the Senate, says he welcomes Trump's impeachment because Trump did incite an insurrection. This is like the most powerful Republican in, in Congress who's been a complete Trump loyalist for the last four years. Apparently, he has made a calculation that the political future of his party and the chances of him returning to be the majority leader in two years would be better without Trump as the leader of the party. Uh, what do you make of Mitch McConnell breaking with Trump over this? Well, you know, in, in the piece I wrote for the New Statesman, I started to say that they were jumping ship. But then I thought it's actually more like they are clambering out of a shipwreck. <laughs> you know, the ship has crashed. And uh, there is this kind of thing, you know, where they see which way the blind, wind is blowing, but it has to be blowing a gale before they do anything. Now, it's a gamble. It's a gamble that he's making that as to the the viability of Trump's base, the degree to which he wants to take on that fight, I mean, there would have been a realignment within the Republican Party anyway, because the president's leaving. Just there was a realignment in the Democrats afterwards. And because Trump was such an individual, really, without kind of much much roots, actually, in the party. His, his, you know, his base came not through the Republican channels, not through the orthodox Republican channels. So that realignment now will take place with this in mind but I don't get a sense and you know you said it Mitch McConnell was with him all the way right until you know the last couple of weeks he was with him for kids in cages for all of that stuff so the realignment will be around unless there is a political ideological challenge as opposed to this which is a it's important but it's a procedural challenge then there will be a realignment around the most palatable form of white supremacy and xenophobia that they can come up with. That what this, for a certain kind of Republican, what this insurrection did was give white supremacy a bad name and nationalism a bad name. And they want to return to the kind of white supremacy and kind of nationalism that kind of good old boys can get around uh, and that is can cohere as opposed to kind of divide. Now, that may turn into an ideological struggle within the Republican Party as to its future and what it might do, because free market economics doesn't need racism to operate. If there were no black people in America, you, you know, you could still have a free market um, uh, economics. It would just be kind of it would just be differently configured. But at the moment, that's not what I see. What I, what I see is a clambering off the shipwreck, a kind of um, a desperate 
paddling to shore and hope that, you know, not to overdo the metaphor, but that one last big wave doesn't come and just kind of sink them all. He's bad for the brand. He's bad for the brand. Gary Young, he wrote about America's Civil War for the New Statesman. Gary, thanks for talking with us today. Great to have you on the show. Thank you, Jim. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.